This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and can you believe it? This show has been going on for one entire year as of today that it dropped. Maybe not when you're actually listening to it, but we've been going for a year. It's crazy. I can't even believe it. Uh, I have had so much fun doing this show. It's been a blast. I can't even believe that we've had 55 shows, I believe. As a, maybe 54. I lost count. A bunch of bonus shows. I mean, hours on end of listening pleasure or displeasure, depending on how you listen to it. Some people might listen to hate this show, and that's totally fine. I don't care. Just give me them numbers, baby. So how did this whole thing even begin? Well, my honestly, the first time I wanted to do a podcast was years ago. Sean, who's on here quite a bit, uh, Film Wheelhouse on uh, Instagram, he uh, he and I talked about it forever of doing a podcast together, and we couldn't figure out the right way to do it because we live in two completely different towns, not that far away from each other, but too far to you know get together once a week and and do a podcast. So it just kind of went away, and then you know the pandemic hit, and I was I'm working from home, still working from home, like it's still going on for me, and I was. You know, I was working when I could, and then when there wasn't a lot going on, I was just kind of watching movies and TV shows and re-watching things and watching them again, and I was thinking, you know, I want to talk about some of these movies with people, and my wife was pretty tired of me at that point. I mean, we've been together every single day, pretty much, since uh, the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, I, I was like, well, I kind of think I want to watch the Child's Play movies again. I should I should do a podcast about that. I should because I I loved that series so much, and it got me thinking about how fun some of these franchises are that you know last for a really long time and are done by relatively the same people or there's the same creative force somewhere in there, and how it evolves over time. And Child's Play I think is one of the best examples of of that, and that's where I kind of wanted to start. And I knew my friend Chris would would be interested in possibly doing it. I messaged him. He's like, yeah, sure, we can do it. Whatever. And then I called work and was like, hey, would you care if I did a podcast? Would you want to be a part of it? Like, yeah, do whatever you want. Do your first show and we'll listen to it and see how it goes. And this is kind of how it started. I'm going to find people that are going to go on these journeys with me. And the first franchise we're going to tackle, we're going to start today, is the Child's Play franchise, the Chucky franchise. And I had to find somebody that I thought was crazy enough to go on this journey with me, a Facebook friend that has put Chucky stuff on my page before. I'm like, that's the guy right there. Chris Schlichting, welcome to the Rewatch Podcast. Hello, everybody. All you Chucksters out there. I don't know what you call the Chucky fandom. But, I, don't, uh... I don't either. I don't know what that fandom called but i love it it's one of my favorite franchises yeah i'm, I'm excited to be involved uh jay you are breaking ground because i can officially state that there are no other podcasts that cover movies you are the first one to i'm glad <laughs> clearly i didn't know really how to start uh i just had this idea let's give it a shot luckily chris schlichting uh wanted to be a part of it and i don't know if he knew exactly what he was getting into when I was like, hey, you want to watch the Chucky movies and talk about them? I mean, this it took a long time to get through them. Not nearly as long as uh, The Fast and the Furious would end up being. But, uh, you know, it was so much fun. I loved watching every single movie. We never really did figure out how strong Chucky is. Or what the rules of voodoo were. Eventually, I do want to discuss the rules of what Chucky is or what he can do, the whole voodoo process. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't understand necessarily all the rules. Being shot in the heart, does it have to be a dog? Can he transfer himself into like a fire truck? 
the rules are all over the place with Chucky, they are but what's the rules are the eyes crucial is electricity coming to play explain jay i sure uh well if anybody's out there is an expert on voodoo could you uh yeah. email us and let us know what the protocol is for <laughs> yes we would like to know how long a soul can stay in an object and spoilers we never ever found out exactly what the rules are to voodoo it changes so much with chucky now i admit uh, child's play and just the chucky series in general was uh, a strange way to start a show probably not uh in retrospect the best way to get people involved talking about you know a killer doll but there is something to be learned from chucky when it comes to like identity and lbgtq uh, this movie, this this whole franchise was way ahead of its time. I think this movie, it was, it felt like it was ahead of its time in like gender conformity issues, and I yes, felt, it's... I felt like they tackled it fairly um, eloquently. Even Chuck, they did. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> that, I noticed that sense. as well. <laughs> yes, I noticed that now in 2020. I think people should go back and watch this <laughs> because I think you'll be well informed. Kinda. <laughs> And he ends up, he or she ends up making the final decision. He's like, what about my choice? I just, I was like, I was, they could, they could have gone down a dark path with the whole gender yes. stuff. And they didn't, I don't feel like. I absolutely had a blast every time Chris Schlichting would come on and we would talk about the Child's Play movies. Uh, but if you want to hear more of those, go check them out. We've got Child's Play 1, 2, 3, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. They're all uh, there in the archives. Just look them up, and uh, you'll you hopefully you will enjoy them. Um, you know, from there, I decided I need to talk about the movie Cats, which I have not rewatched this. But you know, it's a terrible movie. Maybe one day I'll rewatch it. Uh, I didn't even know what was going on, and neither did my friend Kayla. I think the charm of it looking so bizarre goes away rather quickly. Yeah, it does. But also, I felt like you couldn't really understand all of the lyrics in the song. Nope. And I have pretty decent hearing, and I still couldn't really understand what was going on. Well, you just meet cats. That's pretty much it. You're just meeting cats left and right. New cats. And I don't really know why they're doing anything that they're doing. Um, but they're there, being awkward. Except the song that we also met, Roaches. I think that the cockroaches need employment. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ugh. And, what is and her rat. Name? Her name is Jenny Anytox. Who cares what her cat's name is? Do you remember uh, that at all? Because I don't. I don't remember hardly anything except the word jellical. There are some special episodes, special feature episodes that I've wanted to do more of. And I, I've done almost, I've never gone back. Like, uh, one was best fights. I wanted to talk about the best fights in, um, like, a movie franchise, a movie series. Uh, Rocky was where I started. And uh, no one really cared about that episode. Like, there was not a lot of people listened to that one. And I always liked it. I thought it was fun. Now, if I was going to pick best murder fight in a Rocky series between Clubber Lang versus Mickey or Drago versus Apollo, I mean... Well, you really gauge that on uh, how fast you kill the person, because then that's probably going to be Mr. T, because he just shoves Mickey and then he's like, oh, I'm dead. My intention was to do a follow up to Best Fights with Best Fights, the Karate Kid series. Uh, and then it was just going to be all about how every time Ralph Macchio gets his ass kicked, like it's 
pretty much because he deserves it. But then they made Cobra Kai. I mean, Cobra Kai was already out, but I realized with Cobra Kai, there's no reason to do this episode because it's become abundantly clear Daniel LaRusso kind of deserved most of the times he got beat up. So I was like, all right, there's no real reason to do that. We don't need to do that. One of the other fun things that happened pretty early on, I think it was in November, I got a chance to speak with Michael Ian Black from The State, Wet Hot American Summer, and that was just a blast. So, I mean, you've been in, in so much, but whether it was The State or, you know, even Stella. Stella's another good one that uh, uh, my wife and I will rewatch from time to time. Uh, she's the one that really got me into watching Wet Hot. Like, I, you even mentioned it in the uh, the Wet Hot book, um, how some critics, you know, they just, the, they just didn't get it. And mm-hmm. I'll admit the first time I saw it, I didn't really get it at first either. Same with uh, even Stella. And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, okay, now now it's all clear. Now I get... Once you just click into the particular level of stupidity that these things are, mm-hmm. I think it becomes funnier. Like, it, it, there's just a kind of, like, sh- shift you have to do into, oh, this is meant to be totally stupid. Right. It's, not, it's not that it isn't thoughtful. Right. It's thoughtfully stupid. And if you can if you can get into that mindset, I think you enjoy it a lot more. One of the uh, side effects of having a podcast where you're talking about movies all the time is, and I've, of course, I was going to rewatch movies. I was buying movies left and right last year, and it kind of gave me an excuse to go back and rewatch movies that I'd seen before and I didn't care for. So one of the times I was starting to just buy just random groups of movies. I got into like these gangster movies. And I, there was one that I never really liked. And it was always one of the really popular ones. And that was Scarface. And I got to go back and watch Scarface. And I watched it in 4K this time. Instead of on VHS on a very small TV. In the back of a vehicle. With my best friend Josh. And I was able to bring him on. Who doesn't. He tends to be a shyer person. And it was fun to bring him on. And talk to him on the show. About rewatching Scarface after almost 20 years. Have you seen Scarface since that uh, that day? Yeah, I watched it like maybe a month ago. What did you think of it? I liked it a whole lot more. I liked it more. I still feel like it's kind of overrated. But um, I mean, I get the gist of it. Like some guy coming from nothing and rising to the top of, of being a drug kingpin. So yeah, I understand it a lot more now than, you know, when we were just kids. Did it make you want to watch or play Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Because I wanted to play that. I've wanted to play that ever since. Absolutely. So I said in the very beginning, the original, the very first seed of the idea to do this podcast was with my friend Sean Murphy, who you know as Film Wheelhouse on Instagram. And when I finally got a chance to get him on this show, uh, he's been on a bunch of times. We've watched some of the craziest things. We should also preference that these movies are Italian movies for the most part. Right. You know, filmed in various places. This is an Italian film that was filmed in Miami and just looks gorgeous for the opening yeah. 10 minutes. It is a beautiful opening of this movie. Just slow motion, rain, rickshaws, uh, you know, the rickshaw industry that you never knew existed in the 80s in Miami. You didn't know. I had no, I, I had no idea. <laughs> it looked like it was booming in Miami at that at that time period. Hey, babe, ride with me. Give you a discount. It does. Um, I mean, all those guys were like, American Gladiator washouts, you know, they're sitting there like, oh, man, it's American Gladiator thing doesn't work out. Guess it's back to pulling the rickshaw. He finds like a bottle of like the instant snow or whatever and starts spraying his beard yes. and his hair. He's like spray painting it white. And it is one of the 
most unsettling scenes I think I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it goes right in front of the Buffalo Bill uh, tucking it back scene for me. Like it was it's so cold. creepy, so unsettling, and it, it it makes him so creepy and scary looking for the rest of the movie. That's it. I'm done yeah. with it. And Sean's gonna be back at some point. We have like seven different episode ideas of what we want to do. I'm I'm planning on at some point doing a double feature that he's going to be on double features. is another segment that I planned on doing more of. I did it with the burbs and fright night and it was a lot of fun and people seem to like it. Uh, I just have never gone back to it. And right now in this world that we live in where a lot of people are working from home, uh, both of these movies seem um, very plausible that you might have some craziness going on. As someone that has lived in neighborhoods that may contain the Klopex or a Jerry Dandridge or two, uh, it's easy to get sucked into both of these movies. Plus, I dare you. I dare you to watch these movies and then not look at your neighbor's house a little bit more closely. There's been a few times I've lived in areas where there was there was houses nearby that I was like, what goes on in there? Are there bodies in there? I feel like there's maybe bodies in there. I always had fun around the holidays doing these. Um, the Around Halloween, which was still pretty early on in, in doing this, not to mention I was already doing uh, my deep dive into the Child's Play movies. So that was always, a horror was always kind of a thing. Uh, but it gave me a chance to go back and uh, relive watching the movie that scared me the most when I was a child, Lady in White. Okay, it's just breath on the window. The ghost breath. She's making a heart. Ugh, like, my heart skipped here. I really hate windows at night. Like, you don't even understand. Music's starting to get a little darker now. There's a rocking chair going. Pretty sure it's a little girl. I'm okay with this, though. This is fine. Oh, God, there we go. Yep. Fuck. That lady, that is Mona from Who's the Boss, staring in at Lucas Haas, and I want to die. Lady in White was the first and only time so far that I've done a reaction episode where I literally was watching the movie and just talking the whole entire time. That was fun to edit. Who knows what I'm going to do next? Uh, you know, I was thinking maybe this Halloween I'll do another movie that I don't really like to watch. Because it scared me as a child. The gate. If I see the gates on, I'm like, nope. See ya. I'm going the other direction. Also around Halloween, I wanted to talk with my friend Kitsy Duncan, who's a paranormal investigator. Uh, I didn't get a chance to then, but uh, shortly after the New Year, she was able to come on and talk about some fun stuff. You know, it is. It's unsettling at first, but I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years, and yeah. now I'm. I, I, I'm like, is, do you have any more? Can you give me any more? Can you show me a shadow figure? Prove that there are demons, which Clayton right. always hated when I did that. Never got the proof, by the way, right. BT dubs. I think it's because I was so scared of it as a kid with an overactive imagination, just mm -hmm. like yourself, that now I'm out to prove that it's not scary. They right. can't. It's not poltergeist. <laughs> When we walk into these locations, there's not a room swarming full of toys and Carol Ann off in the distance going, mommy. It's funny because um, we had shot Chris Hemsworth with the photo op company probably a couple years after I finally saw Ghostbusters. And I hadn't seen him since mm -hmm. the, that movie had come out. And I'm like, okay, here's the photo op I want. You're going to look like you're begging for a spot on my paranormal team. And he goes, you have a paranormal team? And I said, yeah, just, just you're begging. And we took the photo. He's like, have, have you ever seen a ghost? And I just, as I'm walking away, my little mic drop moment was, dude, 
I've seen some shit. And I walked out. <laughs> Since Kitsy was on the show, she's got a brand new show with a couple of her friends called Paranormal Crossroads. Hopefully at some point we'll be able to get her back on. Well, after I got doing doing a bunch of Halloween things, of course, then naturally Christmas comes about. And one of my old coworkers, Bobby Knight, he uh, doesn't like many things. He makes fun of movies he's never seen, and he has no interest in them. Well, he finally watched, after years and years, Christmas Vacation, and it was great to hear him finally admit that he loved it. I can't believe you've never seen it. You even went to an event dressed as Eddie, and I'm like, he's never even seen the movie! Yes. And not just that. I had the cigar, I had the hat, I had the robe, I had the look, I had the, the term from him and everything. And then the next year I went as Squirrel to the same event. We host the movie every year here in oh Wichita. My goodness. And went as Squirrel. Still, nothing past the first 30 seconds. And of you'd the leave movie. before the movie was on. You like you wouldn't stay for it. No, literally 30 seconds into the opening sequence with Santa Claus, I was gone out the door going, ha <laughs> A dirty, rotten son of a <laughs> Honestly, on a scale of one to five, one being worse, five being best, like a four nine. Bingo. There was not very much in the movie that I would change, want different, expect different, nothing. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think legally, if you have a movie podcast, you can't go any further Unless you talk about the movie Troll 2, which is the best worst movie of all time. I couldn't do that by myself. I needed my friend Heidi. You and I have talked about this for a while, that we were going to watch uh, this movie and then discuss it. And I'm glad that we're doing it this year, in the year 2021, because I feel like this year is going to be a good one. It's going to be good. Boy, was she wrong on that one. Like, oh. it's so much fun to watch this movie. It's so good. I, You know me, I love 80s music. Um... I love the soundtrack because it seriously sounds like music from my the very first Sega game I played, which was the one with the porcupine that gets the rings. What's that one called? Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not a porcupine at all. So no. it reminds me, it reminds me of Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. video game music. Seriously, if you've never watched Troll 2, please watch it. It's great. I love that episode. There's so many clips I could have included, but I just, I love that Sonic one so much. That's one of the things I really love about doing this show, is it gets a, it gives me a chance to talk with a lot of my friends that I haven't talked to forever. Um, I, being home, I mean, I'm, I, I'm very highly susceptible to COVID. I haven't had it yet, thank God. I'm vaccinated, wearing my mask. I barely leave my house, so seeing people is not something I do, so this is giving me a great outlet to do that. And I've got to catch up with a lot of people that I could just literally call and talk to, but no, I got to talk about movies. Like when I bothered my friends Alicia and Wayne uh, to talk about Donnie Darko. But like when the movie got over, I'm like, did Donnie do anything? Wayne, can you help us with this? I feel like yeah. this is where you might know something. Like you're the guy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? Like is he just a viewer in all of this? That's what I felt like when I got done with it. Kind of. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like his free will at that point is kind of out the window. But I, I thought it was some form of like telekinesis. Maybe you know he was able to pull the jet engine off the plane and guide okay. it, guide it through directly on top of his house. Okay. Because oh. <laughs> I, I didn't get that by just watching <laughs> it this time. And I felt like there was something there too, but I never figured it out. And I call this section from, like, Troll 2 through Daredevil my college years. And I say that because 
everybody that I talked to in this time period, they were from college, whether they were friends that I met in college or, in this case, a student. My friend Evan, who was a student of mine for a little while when I taught uh, broadcasting, uh, he's the only other person in a wheelchair that I ever really talked to. Like that, And it, I don't know why, but uh, I thought the best thing that we could do was talk about a movie with somebody in a wheelchair, hence Mac and Me. Because this is a blatant E.T. ripoff. Let's talk about the obvious first. The aliens. The aliens. And I'm going to, as delicate as I can say, uh, their skin, they're a little scrody. They're, they look uncomfortable. Like <laughs> yeah, and the, the faces don't really move very much. Um, no. Their mouths are. They have butthole mouths. They're, they're just very butthole-ian in they're their uh, general being. And they've got very big cheeks. They're very bald. They've got what look like boils on their head. Which and I don't their know knees. Like, oh. I don't know if those were supposed to be like antennas or they were going to do that. And they're like, oh, no, that would be stupid. <laughs> this movie is so amazing. I mean, it, I remember where I saw it first. I was at Shriners Hospitals in Minneapolis. Pretty sure I was just after a surgery. And even then on pain medication, I'm like, this movie is just not right. Most Stephen King movies are not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and like... They're, it's not even like they're bad good. They're just not very good. There's a few of them that are. Um, and he actually directed this one. I like how you made the, the thing where Stephen King movies aren't that great. It's like Adam Sandler movies are a real mixed bag. Like, for there's sure. some really phenomenal ones for sure. For at least 80% of his movies, it's like, eh, I guess I got nothing else to do. You know, I, being in the fighting space, uh, I've been in the MMA game for quite a while now. Yeah. And, you know, even wrestling promoters and stuff. And these promoters have to always, you know, match these cards. You know, they got to find fighters to fight each other. And a lot of the times there's a lot of work that goes into that, trying to convince these guys to fight. And I, I felt I put down specifically that Shang Tsung is the ultimate promoter. He's willing to shape shit yeah. uh, to bring a fighter on board. And he's willing to kill somebody's brother to get him on board as well, because that's what he had to do to get Liu Kang involved. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, very, very dedicated. I mean, really going to the ultimate lengths to bring his fighters in. So, I agree. You know. He is very good at what he's doing. One of the other things I, I really kind of liked was not the playground fight. Definitely oh not God. the playground let's, fight. Let's just do it, man. Let's just do it. You got right, it. You can't. It's the elephant in the room on this movie. Everybody that will tell you that this is a bad movie, the, the people that are wrong uh -huh. on this, this is what they will point to. I can't say I blame them. I mean, that's not a good scene in any stretch of the imagination. You know... Sarah, as Sarah I was Wolf. watching it, I was prepared for the its horribleness, right? Yeah. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, okay, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's oh no, it's bad. It's bad. It's so bad. bad. It doesn't I, get bad till they hit the seesaws. Yeah. And it, Up until yeah. that, you can excuse it. It's not great. No. But you can excuse it once it hits the seesaws. It's over, man. It's over. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is a bad way to start a relationship. <laughs> Loved talking about uh, movies with Ox, uh, my friend Noah Boss. We talked about uh, Maximum Overdrive, That's My Boy, and PG Psycho Gorman. Uh, that's a really fun episode. Had Cyrus Fees on to talk about the original Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, that was a blast. And, you know, a lot of these episodes actually have secondary parts. They have uh, parts that were cut in bonus episodes that you got to check out. And then that last clip was from uh, my Daredevil episode uh, with my buddy Trey. 
so much fun in those episodes because not only were they people that I hadn't talked to in a really long time, but they're some of my closest friends that, you know, I hadn't seen for so long. I mean, Cyrus lives in Tennessee, so getting a chance to chat with him was awesome. Uh, Trey doesn't live that far away, but, you know, we just we're both busy and it couldn't make it together. So being able to do this is great. And another time that that happened was on May 4th to celebrate Star Wars Day. My oldest friend, since I've known was two, since I was two years old, uh, Brendan, I had to talk to him because he's, he's my Star Wars best friend, one of my just overall best friends. And, uh, of course, he had to throw it back right in my face. I believe at this point in time that that will be the last of the Skywalker saga. I don't think Probably we're done with movies. I don't think we're done with movies. I'm sure there'll be more trilogies to come. We'll see, I don't know, the new New Order and the Death Star 7. The Death of the Death Sun. You shut your <laughs> mouth. That's not going to happen. We'll, we'll see the Death Sun. Um, I, I feel like there's still a lot of universe to expand upon. No yeah, there's universe. a lot there. But yeah, I think we're probably done with the, the main ones. And Empire will always be the best. And if it you will disagree, be. you are a terrible person. In the last year, with all the movies and the guests we've had on, we uh, have had some great revelations, like when I watched The Legend of Billie Jean with my friend Kennedy. So when you were younger, did you think Christian Slater and Helen Slater were actually brother and sister? Because I did. I did because my mother told me they were. And my mom knew everything. Like, I learned all my trivia and stuff from my mother right. when it came to movies and stuff. So my mother told me that they were brother and sister. Years later, on Jay Leno, Christian Slater was on there, and he explained how they were not brother and sister. In yeah. fact, he wanted to marry her. Blew my mind. I was like, what? No. I based my whole life on thinking they're brother and sister. Right. And I based my whole life on thinking my mom knew everything and was right about yeah. everything. I, I, I never looked at my mother the same again. It, <laughs> it was really actually quite tolling on our relationship. Kennedy, one of my uh, former co-workers. And one of my favorite things about the people that I, I work with is we all kind of like movies, or at least a lot of us do. Uh, like my friend Mason. Uh, he's over on 92 Rock, and he also does mornings on AM 540 KWMT. Uh, we have very similar tastes in movies. So when I texted him, I was like, hey, do you want to talk about maybe Stay Tuned? He said, sure. I love the the giant satellite in their backyard because anybody now, you don't even, that's not even really a thing. No. But I mean, I had a friend that had a satellite dish, and it's like a giant thing in the backyard, or at least it was when this came out. So I was a little, I never went in their backyard when <laughs> I saw the movie. I'm like, nope, nope. I know how this goes. Yeah. We're, I mean, but you were like, what, 11? Yeah. <laughs> you should have known by then. It was, it was. Uh, fake. <laughs> thank you for thinking I'm, I'm smarter than I am. Uh, it was one of those things like, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, but just in case let's play Nintendo. Yeah. Better, better safe than sorry. Good call there. I, I'm more the, uh, if you're going from the Rugrats side, I'm more the Chucky than I am the Tommy. I will just stay back and not do anything. Yeah. No, I've always been more of an Angelica. With this pandemic throwing all sorts of craziness in the realm of movie theaters and big movies coming out, a lot of things debuted on HBO Max. And the biggest, the movie that got delayed and then canceled and then brought back, was Godzilla vs. Kong. And I could not wait to watch it. And when it debuted... I got up at 3.30 in the morning, but my friend Kurt got up even earlier so we could do this episode together later in the day. That first punch that Kong lays in is just, you feel it. And then Godzilla's like, oh, really? Slaps him right across the face. 
I'm like, yeah. I am just so into this movie. <laughs> and they didn't mess around whatsoever. Like you're thinking, oh yeah, they're gonna it's gonna be a Freddy vs. Jason where it's gonna be, you know, I'm gonna slay some here and then go away for five minutes and do yeah. human stuff. No, it is monsters kicking monsters. Speaking of monster showdowns, one of the biggest ones, at least in my head, took place in the year 1996, 25 years ago, when Independence Day met up with Twister. Now, they never actually met, but in my house, in my brain, in my heart, they were battling out forever. And I brought my cousin Tanner on to discuss that with me because he, quite frankly, dislikes both of them. Of course, Bill's uh, new fiance, played by Jamie Gertz, Dr. Melissa Reeves, uh, a fan favorite for you, for oh, sure. Absolutely. She, to me, the movie's about her and her struggle with Bill. <laughs> and I saw it in the theater. I thought it was really great. Rented it, loved it, watched it a few times and loved it. Then I watched it with you and your mom and it all changed. And that's when I realized that that's the kind of movie it was. Yeah. One makes you go, oh my God. But had I not watched it with your mom, I, who knows what I'd think about movies nowadays. And I've done a handful of episodes by myself because sometimes, you know, I don't always need somebody with me, but it's, it's always more fun. And, you know, I did the first deep dive on Child's Play with Chris Schlichting, and it was super fun. It was how the podcast started. And I knew that another one, when I originally pitched doing this podcast to my boss, was The Fast and the Furious because it's mainly been the same creative team, a lot of them anyway, from the beginning to where we are now with uh, F9. And uh, I was like, well, who am I going to bring with that? Naturally, I picked my wife, Shauna, because she likes those movies too in you know, kind of an ironic way of like, these are actually fairly terrible movies, but we thought it'd be fun, which is ironic because the whole point of me doing this podcast so I could talk about movies with other people and not bug her during a pandemic. Uh, but we had some fun talking about the fast and the furious. Uh, you get the first interaction with Paul Walker and, and Vin Diesel. And there's the moment where you see their hungry eyes looking at each other. There's definitely some tension going on. Oh, for sure. It's like a 100% love triangle between Vince, Dom and Brian. Can we get back to the fact that Eva Mendez is in being sexually exploited? Yes. She's in like an abusive relationship with this guy. We mm -hmm. clearly see that. And yet she's still like all flirty with him. I feel like she's in a position in her life where she's not going to be thinking about flirting with stupid Paul Walker. Uh, it is the first one to not feature Paul Walker. Would you like to know why Paul Walker is not in the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift? Because he thought he had a better option. He wasn't asked. Why? They thought he was too old at that point. Um, Have they seen Bucky? Character's name is not Bucky. But I will be referring to him as such because I don't care what his real name is. Giselle is hot for Han, just like me, because she's like, I'll drive. And so she takes him to go check out Reyes because she's got a crush. And I he's would already like said to... that he thinks he's in love with her because of the way she drives. So. I would like to point out, I also think I might be in love with her as well. I thought you were to say in love with Han. Oh, I am. <laughs> our, our people shoot these harpoons into uh, Dom's car, and they're basically tugging him around. But he's like, all right. Okay, Jay, can we not use that terminology, please? Harpoons? tugging him around i i don't want to imagine them all tugging him well they were like fast and furiously okay you know i really thought it would be a lot easier to do 
a deep dive movie marathon with my wife since we're both in the house at the same time. But it proved to be a lot more difficult than I thought. It took months and months to do the Fast and Furious franchise because we took a break in between and it was just we we've got four cats and a dog, and they don't always cooperate. It was much uh, much harder than I anticipated. In fact, I don't know when the next deep dive is going to be. You know, I don't even think I'm going to call them a deep dive anymore. I think from now on, they're just going to be movie marathons. Because I don't really dive too deeply. I just kind of tell you what happens in the movies. That's not really a deep dive. That's just recapping. Um, but that's uh, that's it. That's the that's the show. I Thank you so much to everybody that has listened over the last year. It means the world to me. Um, this has been so much fun putting every episode together. Sometimes it's harder than others um, and, and trying to come up with the movies. I mean, I watch movies almost every day, and I don't do podcasts for every single one, but uh, the ones that I find extra interesting, I'll, I'll try to do some. And I've got a bunch in the background that I, I've been meaning to do podcasts about, but i got to find the right people. But that's always kind of hard, too, trying to find the right movie with the right person. Uh, but uh, we've got more coming up, I promise you that. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to the Rewatch Podcast for year two. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.